Well, it's been exciting to see what God's doing here as he unleashes this movement and it's changing lives and we get to be a part of it and get a front row seat on that. And I know it's true for me, it's true for many of you as you've seen God work in your own lives, the lives of those in your life group or others, the stories we've told here. But today we're going to be uh, kind of wrapping up this series. It's our very uh, uh, last uh, of this series. And um, for those of you who are brand new today, I want to welcome you. I'm glad you're here um, and inside of your uh, program is a white message note sheet that we use every week for our time of teaching. And so especially if you're new, you'll want to, uh, to pull that out. And then uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to jump on in. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing, the way you're moving, the way you're working, the way you're changing lives. God, the way that you're uh, changing us from the inside out. And Father, we just pray that as today as we, we wrap up this series, as we come before you. We, we review the vision, the values. We talk about our strategies as we make our commitments for the future that you would just come, you would meet us in a powerful way and we'd experience your presence, have one of those times of encounter we've talked about so often. We pray this in your name. Amen. Today our story starts, uh, he's 75 years old and uh, we don't know if it's the first time that this happened to him or if it's happened many times before, but it's a time he'll never, he'll never forget. Because on this particular day, God came to him and, and he asked him to leave everything that he knew, leave his homeland, leave his, his extended family, pack it all up, and, and to go to a land that he'd never been before, to journey with God into an unknown future. And, and of course, God said that if he would trust him, life would be amazing. He would bless him in every way, that... Uh, he'd be with him every step of the way, and that one day his life would impact the whole world. And so he decided to go for it. He decided to trust this, this God, and he gave his life to him, and, and he set out on this journey with God. Well, today we're continuing, actually finishing this series that we've been in now for the what? The last since February, called The Movement at Rocky Peak. And for those of you who are brand new, it's a series about our vision, our values, and our strategies, what we believe God's birthing in our heart to lead us uh, into our future as a church. And every week we've started the same way, and I want to do this one last time to start with this vision statement that God has kind of birthed in our hearts. It's there on your, your note sheet, both as a way to drive it down in us as a church, but also for those of you who are brand new to bring you up to speed. So it's very simple. It's our, our vision is to unleash a movement of passionate Christ followers. We're doing four things. We're pursuing God. He's our number one love. He's our top priority. He's our deepest passion. He's one we love, run after, want to know him, experience him, follow him, please him in all that we do. It's our top thing. Number two, we're going to love people in the radical ways that he's loved us. We're going to learn, number three, to serve sacrificially our time, our gifts, our resources to make a difference in this world and for his kingdom. And number four, to be sharing Christ, that once we become a follower of Jesus, we become a part of this movement, and we all have a kind of responsibility to advance the cause of Jesus, to share the message of the movement with those who don't know. And so every week, we've unpacked part of that. And today, the question is, if that's the vision for our future, uh, how do we get there? What's the path? How do we become a church of passionate Christ followers? And to get at this, if you turn your note sheet over on the inside, there's a section there called the journey walking with God. And I want to start today talking about this theme of journey, uh, walking with God, path with God, because this is one of the, the major metaphors or word pictures God uses to describe our relationship with him throughout uh, scripture. For example, Today we started with the story of Abraham. I don't know if you recognize this story, but 75 years old, we don't know if it's the first time God appeared to him or if he'd appeared to him in the past, we don't know that. 
But God appears. Now, Abraham had grown up in a pagan culture. His, his parents had, had worshipped other gods. And, and so this true God reveals himself, and he asks him to trust him and to journey with him into this unknown future, to leave everything he knew, and to journey with God, to set out for this, this new land that he would show him when he got there, but no, no real direction. So it's the start of a journey. And from that point on in the, in the Bible, you see journey language all the way through. We're, we're walking with God. We're on a pathway. We come to crossroads. We're walking on certain roads. We're avoiding other roads. This, this language becomes one of the major metaphors in all Scripture to describe how our relationship with God works. And, for example, there in your notes you have a whole series of verses. The second one in, talking about Abraham. Remember, 75 years old. God says, follow me on this journey, and he sets out to an unknown land. When he's 99 years old, God shows up again. Now, it's been 24 years, and, and since he first gave him the promise, I'll give you a son. He's now 99 years old, past childbearing years, and so God shows up and has a new message for him, and you'll see journey language in here. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. I can do anything. So underline this, walk with me. We get so used to this. I'm going to walk with God. We don't even think about it. But it's just journey language all through Scripture. Walk with me. You've, you've journeyed with me this far. Continue to trust me. Walk with me into your future. And be blameless. And I will confirm my covenant. You're at a new point in your spiritual life. Here at 75, you're at one point. There was a certain path. Now you're 99. There's a new path. Keep trusting me. Follow me. Walk with me. And I will keep my promise, and I'll greatly increase your numbers. And so, and so Abraham starts off. And so now, of course, Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Very good. One person on the front row got that. Very good. That's very encouraging. I just need one to keep on going. Uh, so Jacob, Jacob has 12 sons, and the, the favorite son is Joseph. Good, you're catching on. Uh, it's his favorite son is Joseph. So now, so now Jacob's ready to die. He's on his deathbed. Joseph comes in with his two sons, so, so this is Jacob's grandson, and he's going to bless them. And I want you to see the journey language, Genesis 40, uh, 48. <laughs> May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac, what? Walked. Notice that? Journey language. The God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, may he bless these boys. And so now the 12 uh, tribes of Israel, they grow up. They go into Egypt. They go into slavery. Moses comes 400 years later. Moses leads them out of slavery, out of Egypt. Now they're ready to go in the promised land. He's giving them his farewell address. And he says in the next verse, Deuteronomy 5, what's the first word? Walk. Walk in all the way the Lord your God has commanded you. Why? So that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. You, you catch this? He says, life is a journey. Walk with me. Stay in the right path. If you walk with me, life will go well. You, you will live. See, walk with me and life will go well. Journey language. Now, of course, the nation of Israel often would get off track. And God would raise up prophets to get them back on track. An example that the next verse, Jeremiah, verse 616. This is what the Lord says. Now notice all the journey language in here. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. 
and you will find rest for your soul. So he says, hey, you come to certain crossroads in your life. Do I go right? Do I go left? Do I follow God? Do I not? When you come to the crossroad, look to the ancient paths and walk in it. It's the path to life. You'll find rest for your soul. Kind of like Jesus-type language in the New Testament. You'll find rest for your soul. And the problem was with Israel, he's look what it says next. But, but you said, nation said, we will not walk in it. We're going to go on our own path. Now you move to the New Testament. You see this journey language. Jesus picks it up in chapter 7 of Matthew. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the road, there it is, that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only if you find it. Later on, you move the New Testament. The Apostle Paul picks up this language. He will often talk about walking with God. Uh, in fact, uh, it's, it's all through his writings, although in the, the New International Version that we use, you often don't see it because uh, it's translated live, um, like a modern translation, but it's actually in the Greek walk. So for example, Galatians 5.16, so I say live by the Spirit, which is literally walk by the Spirit in the Greek, uh, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And then the last one, the Apostle John, end of the New Testament, says whoever claims to live in him, Notice to be a follower of Jesus must walk as Jesus did. Literally in the Greek, must walk as Jesus walked. So you pick it up on this, that all through the Bible, when God comes to describe our relationship, he says, here's one of the very best metaphors to understand our relationship. It's a journey. Life is a journey. There's certain points along the way of critical decision. Those points lead to certain paths that you take. Those paths lead to a lifetime of pursuit. But life is a journey. Stay on track. And so the question that, that we're addressing today, I want to address today, is, okay, if our vision is to unleash a movement of passionate Christ followers, what is our path to get there? What is our spiritual growth path along the way? And, uh, and here's the thing is that uh, as Christ followers, I want you to catch this. Every one of you is on a journey with God right now. Now, your journey is absolutely unique. I don't know if you realize this, but no one in the history of the world has ever walked your journey. Your journey, just like your fingerprint, is absolutely, no one's ever walked it, no one ever will walk it. It's your journey and your journey alone. And yet at the same time, as the body of Christ, of Christ's followers, there are many paths along the way that we share. There are many uh, crossroads along the way that we share. And so our, our passion as a leadership team here at the church is to say, how can we come alongside of you in your journey with God? How can we partner with you to help you become a passionate Christ follower? There's a great verse, not on your note sheet, but it's in Colossians chapter 1. It's one of my life type verses. Uh, Colossians 1.29, Paul's talking about his ministry. And he says, hey, the goal of my ministry is I want to present every person perfect in Christ, okay, mature in Christ. My goal is every believer I work with to help them become this passionate Christ follower so I can hand them off to God and say, here you go, here they are, I, I helped, here they are, they're ready to run. You see, he says, and that's what I, I, so I labor with according his power, which works so, uh, so uh, energizingly in my life. It's a supernatural thing that energizes me to labor with you to turn you into a Christ follower. 
And, and I tell you, this is my passion. This is a passion of our, our team, that we would come alongside of you for every person here, that every one of your journey, that you would become a passionate Christ follower, and that we would work with you to partner with you to help you become that. Okay? So the question is, what's our strategy as a church then to help you move from the point where you're at to the move of being a passionate Christ follower, pursuing God with all of your heart? Now, so that's going to be our topic today. Um, if you turn the, or not turn the page, but you'll notice the next section there, before we, before we jump into specifics and talk about our strategy, I want to talk to you a little bit about journey, spiritual journey, and how it works in general. Okay, because we need to understand the big picture, how a person's journey works. And, uh, and then if we understand that, we can talk then specifically how we're going to partner with you. So here we go. You'll notice there on your note sheet is a diagram. you got three blanks. And, and so let's fill in the first one at the top of the diagram is the word point. All these are going to start with a P, so it's easy to remember. Um, but, but we all start at, at some point in our walk, in our journey with God. Right? Like when you walked in the door today, I don't know what point you're at, but you are at some point. You're at a starting point for the rest of your life today. You're at a departure point for the rest of your life today. Every week we walk in here, it's true, every weekend. You're at some spiritual point, and, and you're going to take off from that point. Okay? So we all start at some uh, specific point. Now, our points are different. Like some of us have been at Rocky Peak for 30 years. Some of us have just walked in today. It's your very first day. But not just with Rocky Peak, even spiritually. Some of us here have just recently given our life to Christ. That's the point where you're at the point of your beginning relationship. Others with us here have, have journeyed with Jesus for many years. He's taught us tons of things. And so we're at a different point. Some of us are kind of somewhere between, uh, in between, right? Some of us are, are we, we want to follow Jesus, but we're living a double life right now. Some of us are, are not yet the follower of Jesus yet. We're just checking him out. And so we, when we came in today, we're all at a different point, a point of departure, a starting point. And a journey always starts from the point where you are, okay? So the first the first uh, task in a journey is to assess where you are. Where's my point? Where am I right now? What God is doing. Okay. The second step in the journey is called path. And here's what happens. Whatever point you're at in your walk with God, what happens is at a certain point, God breaks through and speaks to you. This is what happens. And so, for example, this happens every weekend here at Rocky Peak. We come together, and God speaks, doesn't he? And you're in the midst of a sermon, and you're in the midst of the worship or whatever, and there's something there that God is speaking. This is for you. And so God breaks in, and he speaks. Now, when God speaks, and we have an encounter with God, that always leads to a new pathway. We start at a certain point. You have an encounter. It always leads to a new path. Think with me in the life of Abraham. So at 75, he's at one point. God breaks through. What's the path? The path is travel with me into an unknown future, into the land of Canaan. When he's 99 years old, he's at a different point in his walk with God. God shows up. He has a new path. Walk before me and be blameless. Keep trusting me, even though I haven't provided yet. Okay? About 15 years later, 20 years later, 
God's gonna, he's gonna, Abraham's going to be at a different point in his life. God shows up and he's going to say, take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah. It was a test of his faith. If you don't know the story, he didn't actually have to end up doing it. But it was a test of his faith. And so God shows up at this point, let's say he's 115. He's at a different point in his walk. And God says, here is the next path. The path is to Mount Moriah. Are, are you following me? This kind of thing. This hours. We're always at some point. God breaks through. It always leads to a new path. Now, if we take the path, and this is the key thing, if we don't, we're going to go backwards on our spiritual journey. If we don't, the light goes out. If we don't, you know, we don't move on. But if we respond to the path and we follow, what happens? Well, we get transformed in the process. We become a little bit more like Jesus. There's a transformation. We get changed from the inside out. And that enables us, empowers us for the third step in the journey, which is the pursuit. It empowers us to pursue God with a new passion, a new clarity, a new strength, a new power in our life. And and pursuit is sort of a lifestyle. We never get to the end of this because the spiritual journey is cyclical. Because we're always at a new point, God's always breaking in and leading to a new path, and when we follow the path, it empowers us to pursue him with a new passion. So are you following this? So life is cyclical, and this is the life of a passionate Christ follower. You never get to the end of pursuit and say, I'm done. Like like Abraham, God comes to him and says, walk before me and be blameless. There was never a day when Abraham showed up and said, hey, God, I did that. I'm done. I'm blameless now. Pursuit is over. This is the Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Philippians 3, where he says, I just want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. And so I'm running after him. I'm pressing on. I'm not perfect yet, but I just keep pressing on. Does he ever get there? No, he never gets there. He's not perfect, but he's always pressing on. And so in the life of the passionate Christ follower, it's always a journey. There's always a new point that leads to a new path, that leads to a new passionate pursuit, that leads to the next point. Are you with me on this? It's, just, it's very circular. And we're always spiraling up then, growing in our passion and our ability to pursue Christ. Now that's how a spiritual journey works. Now, What I want to talk about next is I want to talk to you about how here at Rocky Peak, we want to partner with you from a kind of a programmatic sense or a ministry sense, how we want to partner with you to help you grow in your spiritual journey, to take these next steps. And so what I'm going to be sharing next is kind of information overload, all right? And so I'm warning you right up front. You know, typically in a sermon, we're unpacking Scripture, and then we're going through, and then we're laying out uh, the principles and so on. This is going to be a little different today because we're at the end of a vision series. We've talked vision. We've talked values. Now we're, this is the last day on strategies. And I think it's really important for you to understand our strategy as a church to help you become a passionate Christ follower. You need to be clear on that. Right? And you also need to be clear not just for your own life, but you need to be clear for new people coming in. So you're like, oh, here's how it works here. We're becoming passionate Christ stories. Well, how do you do that? Well, here's how it works. Just kind of lay it out for them. And so what I've done is I put a chart there on your your note sheet that I want to walk you through some of our core ministries. Now, this doesn't include all our ministries. There's other important ministries. But these are the core ministries that are for all, all Christ followers at Rocky Peak to turn us into passionate Christ followers. And so over the last 18 months, um, now 20 months probably, 
We've been, uh, as, as a leadership team, we've been really seeking God. This is our passion, God. Our passion is to help each person at Rocky Peak become a passionate Christ follower. How can we help them? How can we partner with them on their each individual journeys to help resource them so that they can run passionately after you? And so this is the result of that. Here's our plan, okay? So you've got a section there in your note sheet called um, The Journey, Our Growth Programs. And what I'm going to do is walk you through each column. And we're going to use the same language that we've been using, a point, path, and pursuit to illustrate this. So first column is called Point, Point Ministries. And, and so this is like our, think of it like a starting point. Think of it like a departure point. That when you walk in every weekend, you're at some point, new point in your walk with God. And so where do we start this journey together? And so the first item in that column, uh, and here comes, this is something, we're starting the information overload. Are you ready for this? Are you up for this? Okay. Uh, first item is what? Weekend services. Okay. So, so this is, I want you to put a star by that, all right? We're going to star certain of these items. Uh, this is the place we're going to start our journey. This is our strategy. That every weekend we're going to gather together to seek God together. This is going to be a time of encounter. We, this is going to be a time of, God, we're here. We're inviting you to come. We want you to speak. We want to have points of encounter with you. We, we want to know what the next step in our journey is. So we're here. We're inviting you to come in the worship and in word. Will you show up? Will you speak to us? We want a point of encounter. Okay, so, so this is the place where we all start our journey together and catch this. It doesn't matter whether you're a brand new Christian, not yet a Christian, or the most mature Christian here. We all start our spiritual journey on the weekend together every week. This is where we start. Now, here's the thing, though. Uh, as we move into our future, there'll be people that come that it's their first time. And we want to help them journey with us. And as we talked last week, it's hard to break into a new church. And so we want to work overboard to not only to welcome them, but to get them oriented and explain, here's our growth path. Here's how you join the journey. And so we're going to be creating four new ministries. And they're there in the column. And I just want to go over them real quickly, just so you're oriented. So when you hear the language or whatever in the future, oh, I know what that is. Or a new person comes, you can explain it. Number one is a ministry called Starting Point. Now, Starting Point... Um, is I mentioned it last week briefly, this will be an area of our campus or auditorium, we're, not, we're still figuring out the details, that's specifically designed as a place for newcomers to come. It's to come to get your questions answered. It's to come to get a brochure about our growth path or our ministries. It's a place to come to, to maybe get some gifts or whatever. It's just a place so that every week, like in our weekend services during our announcement, we'll say, hey, welcome. We're glad you're here. If you haven't found Starting Point, we'd like you to come back there and help you get oriented, answer your questions, and so on. So that's the, the, the first ministry. The second ministry is going to be called Next Step. Next step is our uh, is kind of the next step people would take. Okay, you've been to starting point. We would love to invite you to basically a one-time orientation meeting. It'd probably initially be a dessert at my house for newcomers, like we've been doing, but a little different content in it. But uh, but it's just a place to get oriented. Here's our vision. Here's our values. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's our growth path. Here's how to get connected. Just a one-time uh, kind of kind of meet and greet. Give some information. The third step would be the journey. 
And this is a new course that we're going to be created. It's, it's uh, going to take the place of Christianity 101, probably be offered at our weekend services, maybe a five-week course or something. This would be for brand new people who say, you know what, I don't know much about following Jesus. I've either just made a commitment or I'm just exploring that. I want to learn more. How do you have a relationship with God? How do you begin a relationship with Christ? What are the first steps you take and so on? And so this would be a course for those people, for, for brand new believers or for seekers. Number four would be... Uh, uh, a two-week session called The Movement, a two-night session called The Movement. And this is for, again, people that are, they've been here a little while now, they're getting plugged in, but they say, I want to know more about how this church works, vision, values, but also philosophy of ministry, uh, kind of structure, how it works. And this would take the place of what we call in the past our pastor's class. It would be a new course, a two-night uh, course for someone who wants to eventually become a partner, okay, or just wants more information. So, so there's our point ministries. We started the first one. That's the thing, our weekend services. This is where we're going to start our spiritual journey every week. But if you're new, we've got these four other ministries to help you get plugged in along the way on your journey. Now, second column. Let's move along. The second column, let's label that the path. So we come at different spiritual points, but as God meets people here in the weekend services, as they get plugged in, they're going to come to us and they're going to say, or maybe it's someone here that you've been saying, I've been coming to Rocky Peak for a long time, but, but I'm waking up spiritually. I'm getting hungry. How do I grow? And, and so the first uh, ministry in the path is what? Your life group. So put a star there. Uh, now we've talked about our vision for the future of life groups, so I won't go into that. But, but as you know, life groups have been and will continue to be uh, kind of the next step in our growth path. They're the primary place where we're going to connect and we're going to challenge one another. And that will continue. But the next uh, item on your list, put another star there. What's the next one on your list? The essentials. And this is something new. And this is something I've been talking at, uh, talking about throughout this series a little bit, but I want to unpack this a little bit more. As we've thought over the last year and a half, how does someone become a passionate Christ follower? We've said, well, we know what needs to happen at our weekend services, we, we, and we're moving there. That's, that's moving towards the direction we need to go. We, we know what needs to happen in terms of connection and, and life group and small group, and, and we know the direction we need to go, and so we're working there. But we felt like there was a missing piece, that, that for most people, that just coming to the weekend service and a life group, there's a lot of good that happens, but there's a missing piece. That there's certain areas of following Jesus that are just absolutely essential. That you need to know these things. And, and they're, they're, if you don't know them or you don't understand them or certain life schools, skills you don't have, that they're, they're just going to really slow you down in your walk. You're going to be like a, a, a flat tire that goes, you know, thump, thump, thump in that area of your life. And so we began to say, uh, what if we designed some courses that were specifically designed to help uh, people follow Jesus in these essential areas? Now, catch this. To be an essential, it had to meet the criteria that every Christ follower needs to know this in order to walk with Jesus well. So there's a ton of things we could learn out there that are great and help, but, but we kept paring it down. What is essential? And the philosophy, the goal of this was that, hey, if someone takes this course, the ultimate goal is not that they're an expert in this area. It's not like you take this 10-week course and now, oh, you got this wired. This is really more an introduction 
to an area of life that's really important. And we want to not only introduce you, but resource you, catch this, for a lifetime of learning in that area. So our goal is to create what we call self-feeding Christ followers. You know this area exists. You know it's really important. You know the first steps, and you know the resources, how you can continue to grow the rest of your life. And so what we came down, we boiled it down, at that, running it through that grid, what's essential, we boiled it down to 11 areas of the Christian life that we felt these are absolutely essential. And the idea, catch this, is that as you walk in your life, you're going to come to certain points of spiritual growth. You're going to be at a point in a weekend service, and God's going to speak to you through a message or something about, man, I need healthier relationships. I need to learn how to do that. And we said, oh, great, well, we've got a course to resource you. And you come to a point like, I just got to learn more about the Bible. I just don't, I can't make sense of it. Hey, we've got a course to help you. Man, I would love to share Christ more effectively, but I get so nervous. I don't do it. It feels awkward. It feels like we've got a course. So the idea is not that you would rush through these courses and get a certificate at the end. The idea is we're providing resources that as God brings you, the Holy Spirit mentors you and brings you to new growth points that we would have paths for you to take to help resource you in that area. So, so let me walk you through these 11 courses. The first one is the very most important, and I want you to star it, okay? So by this point, how many stars do you have? You only got two? You're behind. Okay. You got four. Yeah, you should have four, right? So you starred Weekend services, we started life groups, we started essentials, and now we're, we're starring pursuing God one-on-one. -on -one. This is a critical course. So remember we talked about this a few weeks ago, that to walk with Jesus well, you need three components in your life. You need large group encounters, you need small group connection and challenge, and you need one-on-one -on -one for intimacy. Like three legs of a stool, each one's vital. And here's what I thought. It's easier to get people into encounter and into a small group experience than the one-on-one. -on -one. That as Christ followers, we know that this is important, but we don't know how. And we want to do it, but we don't know how. And so we want to establish a commitment here that one of my primary goals as your pastor is to help you to connect with God one-on-one. -on -one. And we're going to explore this together. And I told you a few weeks, we're going to try to figure this out. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to try to figure this out, how this happens. And so this is going to be the first course. We're going to talk about how do you connect with God through his word? What are different ways? How do you connect with God through prayer? What about spiritual disciplines? Where do they fit in? How does that work? What about hearing God's voice? How does that happen? Uh, how about the different way we're wired? How has God wired us? And how does that impact the way we approach our time with God and what we do in our time with God? And so we're going to be creating this course, and this is going to be the very first one we create. It's going to start this summer. I'm going to give you the dates right now if you're interested. It's going to be on Wednesday nights. It's going to be on starting June 24th, be here in the large auditorium from 7 to 8.30. Very interactive course. It'll be small group, instructional time, lab outside, of course, reading, instruction, uh, practicing, spending time with God. And so I'm looking forward to this course. And so that will, uh, you'll be able to sign up starting next week, okay? So that's the first course. Second course, and this, the, the next ones I'm going to run through faster. You notice that these first four courses are kind of foundational courses. And they correspond to the four priorities in our vision statement of pursuing God and loving people and serving sacrificially and sharing. So the second one is called loving people. Um, 
right relationships. And so in, in this course, uh, we've talked about it in this series, that when Jesus calls us, he calls us to do relationships a whole new way. But most of us don't know how to do that. We've had dysfunctional relationships growing up. We're still figuring this thing out. And so what does it look like to do relationships a whole new way, the Jesus way? And we're going to talk about, well, how do you work through conflict? And how do you work through your past so it doesn't sabotage your, your present? And how do, you, how do you deal with anger and conflict? And, and what about forgiveness? And what about gossip? And, what are these, and we're just going to kind of, what does the Bible say about living life in a new way? The third course is called Serving Sacrificially, Making a Difference. And so as we've shared, we believe God has wired each of us and called us. We're here on earth for a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. He's designed you for that purpose. He's wired you with certain spiritual gifts, life experiences, certain passions, certain abilities. And so how do these fit together for your life calling? We want to help you discover that and plug in. Number four, sharing Christ, increasing your influence. You know, we believe we're called to make an impact on those around us. And yet, many of us, we don't know how. And so how do we do that in a way that's honest, it's authentic, it's real, not slick sales pitch. It's just very real. How do we share with people, invest and invite so that they can come and meet Christ? Okay, so those are the first four courses. Our, our plan then is that over the next year, we would release at least one of those courses each quarter. Uh, and our plan would be that over the next two years, we would develop all these 11. So you see there's the top four, and then there's seven classes underneath that also correspond. They fit under the four categories, but they're kind of uh, uh, focused on certain specific areas. So let's run through those real quickly. Number one, the story, an overview of the Bible. You know, do you understand how your Bible's put together? Do you understand how the story is told? How does Leviticus or Chronicles fit in the story? Our goal is not to make you a Bible scholar. Our goal is to get you familiar with your Bible so that in your own personal time with God, you can actually read it and grow from it. You know what's going on and how to figure it out. Second class, knowing God, an intro to theology. What's just the Bible? What's the basics about who God is, who we are, how life is to be lived? We want a church that knows the basics so you can smell out false teaching when it comes, when it doesn't sabotage you, and so you can grow in your walk with God. Third class, interpreting the Bible. First steps. We believe every Christ follower should be able to read the Bible and make sense of it and have confidence in your interpretation. Again, not to be a Bible scholar, but you should be able to read it and know some basic rules of interpretation so you can interpret it in a way that gives you life and leads you to life. And so we want to talk about that. A fourth one is financial freedom, managing your money. It's impossible to follow Christ well if we don't manage our, our resources well. So giving, spending, saving, uh, uh, making it. Uh, what does the Bible teach about financial freedom? Number five, experiencing God, hearing his voice. We, God has called us to a real relationship with him where he speaks to us today. How do we hear his voice? How do we experience his presence? How do we partner with him in our lives? Number six, answers, an intro to apologetics. When you're out there sharing Christ, there's certain predictable questions people are going to ask you. 
oh, I don't believe the Bible's, oh, the Bible's changed so much. It's not really reliable. Why do you think it's the word of God? The resurrection, isn't that a myth? Don't all paths just lead to, to God? What about evolution? Doesn't it just happen? I mean, there's just certain predictable questions that are discussion derailers, you know? And so if we can't just have a good answer for this question, it's like, you just give a simple answer. It's like, oh, okay, great. Well, what's next? You know. But if we can't answer these, it derails the whole conversation. And so we want to be able to answer the questions, just basic questions. And number seven, worldview. What are you thinking? And so this is a course when Jesus calls us to himself, he, he calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Romans 12. And so we want to be Christians that think, look through the whole world, the whole worldview, through the eyes of Jesus. What does it mean to be a Christ follower? What's our role in culture, and society? What's he called us to do to impact that? How do we think through all areas of life? Introduction to that. So there you are, 11 courses. Now, you can see why I call these essentials. Because if you stop and think about it, Ask yourself the question, is it possible to walk well with Jesus without any one of these? You know, is it possible to, you don't have to learn it here. You don't have to take the course here. That's, it's not about the courses. You're not getting a certificate when you get done. It's about knowing the truth. And so the question is, hey, is it possible to walk well with God, but you can't, you can't spend time with him alone? Well, no. Hey, is it possible to walk well with God, but you don't have a clue how to do healthy relationships? Well, no. Well, is it possible to walk well with God? We don't have a clue how God's wired you to serve. Well, no. Is it possible to walk well with God, but you have no ability to share Christ effectively with anybody? No. Well, is it possible to walk well with God? You don't know your Bible. You don't know how to interpret it. You don't know how it fits together. You don't know answers to people's questions. You can't, your finances are a mess. You don't know how to experience God. You don't know how to hear his voice. You see why I call these essentials? I mean, these are the heart and soul of following Jesus. And so we want to get very intentional and add this piece. Yes, we can service encounter God. We're going to grow together, starting point. Small groups, connect, challenge one another. One-on-one time, learning how to connect. But we also want to address these other areas of the Christian life that trip us up and keep us from unleashing a movement of passionate Christ followers. Okay, now, there's a third column there. This column is the pursuit column. And of course, this is what it's all about. There's points of encounter with God that lead to certain paths of growth. But the whole point is that we live a lifestyle of pursuit. That we would live a lifestyle of passionately following Jesus. And that's why you have our four things there. That we're pursuing God. We're loving people. We're serving sacrificially. We're sharing Christ. It's a lifestyle. And so this is the ultimate goal, points of encounter, paths to follow so that we can live a life of pursuit. Now, for you'll notice there's one other uh, item, though, at the very bottom of that, and it's the word partnership. I'd like you to star that. That's our fifth and final star. It's a five-star sermon. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, There's a lot of people that would come to Rocky Peak. They, they like it. They like the worship. They like teaching. They like the, the, the relationships, whatever. They like it. And, they, and they're going to come, and, and they're going to begin to grow. But there's going to be some people that God's going to bring that they're going to get passionate about this place. They're going to say, man, we, we not only love this vision, 
We not only love what you, what's, what's going on here, we love love what God's doing here. Hey, but we, we want to help. We, we want to, we don't, we, we see the movement happening. We want to help. We want to partner with you. What can we do to help unleash the movement? We want to be a part of this thing. And so for those people, we'll have a step, and it's called partnership. Now, in some churches, they will call this membership. We don't call it membership. And the reason is membership to me speaks of rights, and it speaks of privilege. I'm a member of the club. I get to come in. I've got my seat. I've got my parking spot. I've been here for X amount of years, so I have a certain class. So this is my country club. I'm a member, right? The other thing that members says to me is it's something that we don't really do. Like, for example, we're all members of health clubs, <laughs> but we don't really go. We just pay the dues. So we're a member so that if we ever want to work out, we can do that because we are going to get in shape eventually, and someday it's going to be the right point in our life. And so then we can just walk right on in. So we pay 25 bucks a month to be a member, but we don't participate. And so to me, partnership is not about rights. It's not about privilege. It's about responsibility. See, partnership is, about, partnership is saying, I'm in. I want to help. I want to do my part. And so it's part of the pursuit of, of the Christ follower. The pursuit obviously is much bigger. You know, pursuit is a lifestyle. It's passionately pursuing God. It's loving people in the movement, outside of the movement. It's, it's serving sacrificially in our three spheres, my personal life, in the movement, in the world. It's sharing Christ 24. It's much bigger. Pursuit is our lifestyle. Partnership is just a piece of that. But there are certain commitments that partners will make to the movement at Rocky Peak that say, these are the commitments I make. And if you turn your page, you have a section named partnership, and you'll notice that under those four categories of pursuing God and loving people, there are eight specific commitments that partners make. And so let me walk you through this. On number one, the first commitment that partners make is that priority one in their life is knowing, loving, and pleasing God. To be a partner at Rocky Peak means that this is my passion. I want to please him. Will I always succeed? No. Will I fail at times? Yes. Will I struggle? But this is my passion. This is my priority. I want to know, to love, and to please God. That's my, that's my priority. That's where it starts. It starts with the heart. Number two, the second commitment under uh, pursuing God is time with God both weekend services and one-on-one. So the second commitment they say is, hey, since this, it all starts at the point, I'm going to come every weekend to this point of encounter, the weekend services. I'm out of town or something unusual, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to come, and I'm going to come early, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be here for worship because this is the place we're going to meet with God. And so partners says, uh, yes, I will come. In. But it's not just weekends. I'm also going to figure out how to draw close to God one-on-one in my own life. And I'm going to figure that thing out. It may be every day of the week. It may be three or four times a week. That's where we're going to talk about in this course. You've got to figure out how it works for you. 
how God's wired you. But I may have regular time with God where I connect because it's important to become a passionate Christ follower. Number two, under loving people, two commitments. Hey, consistent connection, small groups. That this partner says, hey, I understand this. That to follow Jesus well, I need to be connected with other believers. I can't just come on the weekend service. I, I need to be connected with people. And so I'm going to be a part of some small group. Maybe it's a life group. Maybe it's another kind of small group. Maybe it's three buddies meeting at Denny's on Thursdays at 5.30 in the morning, getting the grand slam and sharing Jesus together. You know, it can take a lot of different forms, but it says, I'm going to connect, and I'm going to be with people that challenge me to grow. Uh, next one uh, under loving people is right relationships, a whole new paradigm. We understand that when we come to Jesus, he calls us to this whole new way of relating, and we're committed to this. Now, do we have it all wired? No, we don't. Do we do a lot of dysfunctional things? Yes, we do. But we're committed to this. We want to learn how to do conflict in a new way. We want to learn how to forgive. We want to learn how to put others first. We want to learn, hey, to stop gossiping, stop the slander, start building people up. That we, We're on a mission. We want to learn how to do relationships in a new way. And so we're serious. And so you can call me on this. If I'm gossiping or if I'm doing conflict the wrong way, or if I'm not putting others first, you can even call me on it. And I will thank you. Because I'm serious about this. I want to learn how to do relationships a new way, the Jesus way. I want to learn how to love people. That's the commitment of a partner. The third category is serving sacrificially. Two commitments, spiritual gifts making a difference. The partner says, I I don't want to be observer. I want to be in the game. I want to learn my gifts, learn my abilities, and I want to find a place here at Rocky Peak in this movement to make a difference, so that if I move tomorrow, I would be, I would be missed. I'm, I'm going to find a place to serve. And then the next one, God says generosity, the tithe and beyond. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. We give our resources to God. We belong to you, God. We want to please you. Everything I have is yours. You direct me, and I want to use my resources to help advance your movement. And then uh, under sharing Christ, two commitments. First of all, to intentional relationships. Invest and invite. That as God brings non-believers in our life, we're going to love them. We're going to reach out to them. We're going to invest in those relationships. And when they ask questions about our about what's going on, we're going to share from our heart, honestly, authentically. Okay, no, no, no sales pitch. Just kind of honest sharing. And and at a certain point, we're going to invite them to come and see the body of Christ in action, so that here God can meet them in our in our points of encounter. And then finally, the last one is a movement mindset, advancing the cause. That that we realize as a follower of Jesus, we're part of his movement, and so we're on call 24-7. It doesn't matter. I'm in the business. I'm at the gas station, the grocery store. I'm with my family. It doesn't matter that I'm always there as a representative of Jesus, and I'm always looking for opportunities to advance the cause of Christ locally and globally. Okay, so those are the eight commitments of a partner. Now, let's wrap this thing up. There in your notes, she's a section of the movement. Where do you stand? And one last time in this series, I want to end with a couple questions. It says there are two. There are actually three. I just want to stay true to form. So number one, the first one is for those of you who are here who are already partners. In other words, at some point in the past, it could be 20 years ago, it could be 10 years ago, it could be five years ago, it could be last year. But you took a class or whatever and you said, I want to be a member or a partner at Rocky Peak. Now, the commitments you made during those, that class 
uh, may vary in number, 10, you know, 10 before I came, 7 after I came, 8, now, you know, whatever. But, but they're basically the same. There was a point in time you made these commitments. And so the question is, it goes like this. If you're a partner, are you with us? In other words, if at some point in the past you said, yes, I want to partner, I want to be a member at Rock Peak, the question is, are you still willing to keep those eight commitments we just talked about? And for some of you, the answer is probably yes, and for some, no. Here's what I believe. I believe God is unleashing a major movement here throughout church. I, I believe that. He's going to be doing amazing things, but it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. And so the question is, if you're a partner, are you still in? Are you with us? Are you, are, you make, are you keeping those commitments you once made, whether it was 20 years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or two years ago or last year? Are you keeping those? And here's what I'd ask. If you're with us, awesome, let's run together. And if you're not, if you say, Mike, honestly, I'm not into it right now. I'm not walking with God. He's not my top priority. I'm not in this relationship thing. I know I do conflict well, but I'm just going to keep on doing it badly. You know, I, I, I know I'm not serving, but frankly, I'm just too busy. And when it comes to money, well, you know how I feel about that, you know. It's like if that's where you are, here's what I'd, I'd ask you to do. I'd ask you to rescind your membership. I, I'd ask you to pull back your part. Now, not, hear me well. Don't, don't misunderstand. I want you still coming. Come to church. Come to grow. But if this is your commitment and you're not keeping your commitment, let's make partnership mean something. Let's make it mean something. If you said you're going to do it, if you took a vow before God, do it. And if you're not going to do it, that's okay because no one's pointing a gun at your head and saying you have to do it. This is a choice. But let's make it mean something. If you said you're going to do it, then do it so that we understand this important step we're taking. Now, the second question is for those of you who aren't partners. But maybe you want to be, and it goes like this. If you're not a partner, do you want in? Over the last 15 weeks, we've spelled out the vision, the values, the strategies. And I know for many of you, you've come up to me and you've said, Mike, I'm so excited about what God's doing. I'm so excited for this church. I want in. When's your next class? <laughs> and so the question is, if that's where you're at, do you want in? Do you want to join us in this journey? Are you ready to say, I'm in? I I'm in. Both feet. I want to run together. If that's, if that's you, I want to invite you to join us at our next class. It's going to be called The Movement. Now, I don't know the exact dates of this, and the reason is I've got to create this new course. And I'm busy creating the other new course, Pursuing God. It's a course. And so... Uh, but my, 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 uh, my gut is, is that we'll get this movement class either this summer or very likely the early weeks of next September. This is a two-night two course in September before life groups start. And if you say, man, if you had that class next week, I'd be there. I, I want to I be in. Um, then what I'd like you to do is on your registration card today, just write me a note and say movement class. And what I'll do is as soon as I have the dates this summer, I'll email those to you so you can get them on your calendar. Now, the third question is, this is for those, you don't have to write this down, but this is for those of you who have an even more important decision to make. The decision for you is that you're not yet a Christ follower. You, you may have been coming to Rocky Peak for a long time. Today may be your first time. 
but you've never had a point in time where you've said yes to Jesus. You believe who he is, the Lord of the universe. You believe he died for your sins to give you a new life, and you want that new life, and you want to ask him to come in and take over your life and to send his spirit in your life to change you from the inside out and to teach you how to follow him and to save a spot in the next life for him. And if that's where you are, then today is your most important day, your most important point of departure. It's your birthday, spiritually. It's here. It's now. God's going to give you an opportunity right now to come into his kingdom and to join this movement. And we're going to bow our heads right now, and I'm going to lead us in some prayer and give you that opportunity. So let's pray together. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if that's you today, you've never given your life to Christ and you want to, I'm going to lead us through a very simple prayer. And if this expresses a desire of your heart, I ask you to pray along under your breath or, or just in your heart and your mind, and God will hear you. And so pray with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive all my sins. I ask you to send your spirit into my life. I give you control of my life. I ask you to teach me how to follow you and to save a spot in the next life for me. Now, while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you just pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you're serious about following Jesus, if you're not, then skip this. But if you're serious, the first step Jesus said is to be baptized. And so I'd like to ask you on the back of your registration card, today during our offering, if you'd write me a note that says, Mike, I prayed the prayer, or I, I asked Christ into my life, then I will send you a letter this week with some next steps in your new journey with God, and we will contact you to arrange a time where you can be baptized in one of our upcoming weekend services. Now, for the rest of us, while our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, let me talk to you. I put out the challenge today. I've invited you to join us in this movement. It's time for you to respond. It's up to you. You've heard the vision. You've heard the values. You have to decide in your own life, are you, do you want to be a passionate Christ follower? Do you want to be part of this movement? And so now we're going to be going to a time of communion. It's going to be a time where we give ourselves to God. It's a time where we come before him and thank him for his life and his death and his resurrection, for his death that sets us free and gives us forgiveness of sins and a new life. But it's also a time for us to give ourselves to him and to say, Lord, I want to live for you. And if you haven't been living for him, it's a chance for you to ask his forgiveness and to ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit in a fresh way, a chance to encounter him. And so as the band will begin to play, I will, I will pray for this communion, and then we will stand and we will begin to move the communion tables and then move into worship together. So let me lead us. Father, we come now at the end of this series. We come to your communion table. We come to the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate the new life we have in you. We ask you to forgive us for our failures. We ask you to come and encounter us in this moment, to fill us with your spirit. We pray that you'd receive our gifts of commitment as we bow the knee and give ourselves to be a movement of passionate Christ followers. We pray you'd use this to influence these valleys for you. We come now in the name of Jesus and for his name's sake. Amen. Would you stand with me?
And as the band begins to play quiet, let's move to the communion tables. If, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. Just stand, we'll move to the tables, and then the band will begin to worship in a little bit. We can join in with that. Let's go now. <laughs> 